Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Calf Milk Replacer. Welcome to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk program with John O'Connor. Later in the program, beef prices surge, the National Tillage Conference upcoming, plus a variety of other topics. But first, Dairy Gold, our sponsor, elects a new vice chairman of the society. Dairy Gold Cooperative Society Limited is pleased to announce the appointment of Mr. Gerard O'Dwyer as vice chairman of the board of directors after a board election which took place on 13th of January 2023. Mr. O'Dwyer, a dairy farmer from Black Isle, Palace Green, County Limerick, has been a member of the Dairy Gold Limerick Regional Committee since 2011, the Dairy Gold General Committee since 2014, and the Dairy Gold Board since 2016. Mr. O'Dwyer is also a director and former chairman of Munster Bovine Group, director and former chairman of Cooperative Animal Health Limited, CAHL, and also Director of Irish Cattle Breeding Federation, ICBF. Mr. O'Dwyer is married to Mary, and they have three children, Gemma, Karen and Liam. He holds a diploma in corporate direction, food business, from University College in Cork. Details there regarding the election of a new Vice Chairman for Dairy Gold Cooperative Society, Mr. Gerard O'Dwyer. Dairy Gold crowned the DC family from Aherla, County Cork, the overall winners of this year's Dairy Gold Malting Barley Competition at the annual Tillage Conference held in the Corrin Event Centre, County Cork. Crowned the Mid-Cork Regional winners in the competition some weeks ago, the three-generation DC family grew forage crops alongside a significant area of cereals, all in the rotational way that sees them achieve high yields and quality on a regular basis. The judges commended the DCs for their sustainable farming practices and efforts to replace the use of chemical fertiliser on their crops. The DCs were presented with their award at Dairy Gold's Tillage Conference, the first one to be held in three years due to postponements as a result of COVID-19. The event, attended by a large number of growers and traders, heard from a number of special speakers such as Kieran Collins of Chogosk, John Geraghty, Southeastern Technological University, and Jim McCarthy, owner of a tillage enterprise in eastern Romania. The speakers addressed the crowd on key topics such as the importance of soil health for tillage production and farming and producing sustainably for the future, all linking back to the conference theme of 
feed our soils to feed our people. Congratulating the winners of the malting barley competition at the event, Dairy Gold chairman Sean O'Brien said he would firstly like to congratulate the DC family on their achievement and also to comment on the huge efforts of all four finalists during the competition. Mr O'Brien said it would be very important that all tillage growers get the opportunity to showcase the sustainability credentials, the standards they achieve in husbandry and the vital contribution they make to our business, the business of Dairy Gold Cooperative Society Limited. Tillage growers, Mr O'Brien said, are a very important part of Dairy Gold's business and Dairy Gold remains committed to supporting and developing this part of their business into the future. Mr O'Brien noted it was great to see a strong attendance at the event on the 13th of January 2023 after three years of absence and to hear, too, from the excellent speakers. These knowledge-sharing events, he said, were crucially important for the industry as they play a huge part in informing future practices for our growers. The other finalists in this year's Dairy Gold Malting Barley Competition were Frank and Mary Quinlan, Tipperary, Cyrus and Colin Buttimer, Cork, and Richard Sweetnam, Cork. Details there regarding the presentation to the winners of the Dairy Gold Malting Barley Competition. And the winners were the DC family from Ahala, County Cork. The recent announcement by Kielce that it's joined forces with a major foreign investor to establish a fund to acquire 12,000 hectares of forests and bare land is strongly opposed by the majority of the main organisations in agriculture and the forest sector, according to a statement issued by the IFA on Friday, January 13, 2023. They outlined their main concerns, removing land from rural ownership, local communities and local economies, selling off our best national asset, namely our sovereign land. The equivalent of 3,000 average family farms being removed from our communities. Next, West Cork Ploughing. Miss Caroline Jennings, PRO for the Cork West Ploughing Association. Caroline, welcome to the programme. You have details now, an update on ploughing results from West Cork, Cork West. Yes, John, thank you very much. Last weekend, Kilmeen Ploughing Association held their annual ploughing match um, on the lands of John and Declan Bottomer, Gera Rathmore. The results are as follows. Senior conventional, first, Kieran Coakley, 125 marks. Second, Jim Grace, 120 marks. Third, Jer Kirby, 111 marks. The intermediate, first, John A. O'Donovan, 117 marks. Second, Stanley Dean, 116 marks. Third, David Walsh, 111 marks. And fourth, Jackie O'Driscoll, 109 marks. In the under 28th, there was one competitor, and that was Niall O'Donovan, and he got 108 marks. The under 21s, first, Noel Nyan, 114 marks. Second, Jeff Witchley, 109 marks. In the Mocker, first, James Jennings, with 103 marks. And second, Keen Harrington, with 72 marks. Ladies, First, Katie Hayes with 112 marks. Second, Stacey O'Sullivan with 110 marks. Three furrow. First, Matt Coakley, 120 marks. Second, Kevin O'Driscoll, 112 marks. And third, Cyril Maguire with 90 marks. The senior reversible. First, Ger Coakley, 124 marks. Second, Liam O'Driscoll, 123 marks. And third, Michael Witchley, 112 marks. And 28th. First, 
Flora Whitcherley with 97 marks and second, Jean O'Donovan with 86 marks. The three furrow, first, Tim Lawler, 103 marks, second, Patrick Buckley, 77 marks. The senior hydraulic, first, Thomas Busang with 91 marks, second, Claire Collins with 81 marks, and third, Balaam Cotter with 78 marks. The confined hydraulic, one competitor, Sean McCarthy with 55 marks. The trailer vintage, first, Mike Bennett with 95 marks, and second, John Wolfe with 89 marks. The single fur, there was only one competitor also, Gordon Jennings, and he got 84 marks. Now, tomorrow, Timaleague Ploughing Association are hoping to hold their annual ploughing match. That's weather permitting. That is Sunday, the 22nd of January, on the lands of Colin and Zabet Bateman, Barry's Hall, Timaleague. Now, this is near Staunton's Pig Factory. Ploughing will commence at 11 a.m. sharp, and entries are to be with Kieran on 087-616-5600 by 12 noon today, Saturday the 21st. Now, that contact number again is Kieran on 087-616-5600. OK, John, that's it. That's fine. Thank you very much indeed, Miss Caroline Jennings, Piero for the Cork West Ploughing Association. Thank you, Caroline, very much. Thank you, John. You're welcome. Next, the Mocker Report for the Carberry region. Hello, my name is Laura and I am bringing you the Carberry Mocker News. Banna D. Mocker would like to thank everyone for attending their open mic night that was held on Friday the 16th of December in Mary's Bar, Banna D. Bearer Mocker would like to thank everyone who supported their Christmas light run which was held on the 18th of December. A total of €1,805 was raised for the Keith Hagerty Rehabilitation Fund and was presented to Keith's family on the night. Clonakilty Mokra will be helping us keep active in January as we can join them for the park run in Clonakilty every Saturday morning at 9.30. They are also running a driving course from Thursday the 19th of January at 8.30pm in Ahamilla GA Complex, Clonakilty. The cost is €10 per night and everyone is welcome. The Carberry Round of the Mokra Titles Night was held on Sunday the 15th of January in Ahamilla GA Complex, Clonakilty. Congratulations to the title winners on the night who were Aisha Hurley, Clonakilty, who won Miss Mokra, Katie Shannon Kilmeen, who won Queen of the Land, Grace Deneen Banlasgarty, who won Blue Jeans Country Queen, and Michal Cullinan, who won the Mr. Personality title. They all go on to the national final of these competitions, which will be held later in the year. Congratulations to Banlasgarty and Clonakilty clubs, who took part in the national semi-final of the Capers competition recently. Both clubs won many prizes on the night, and Clonakilty now go forward to the national final in Meath, and we wish them the best of luck. So, as you can see, Mocker has something for everyone and new members are always welcome. So, if you are aged between 17 and 35 and interested in joining and would, or would like some more information, please contact us through the Carberry Mocker social media pages on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. And thank you, Laura. Laura Woods, Mockwiller Firma, Carberry Region Reporter. Joining us on the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk programme, Mr Adam Woods, Beef and Suckler Editor, Irish Farmers Journal. Adam, welcome to the programme. Now, for once in the beef sector, a very clear, optimistic message. Irish factory beef prices set to rocket. What's the background to that? And you might have one or two figures. Yeah, I guess it's been really positive a couple of weeks, uh, John, for, for the beef trade. 
um, since before Christmas, we've seen beef prices rise. You know, we were sitting sort of around there 4.76 on on the first of November. Uh, that has lifted to early January to 5.30. So it's it's a it's a 200 euro swing, over 200 euros per head. And really, that, that there's a couple of things there that are generating the perfect storm if you want um, for for the beef trade. We've got really tight supply. Uh, we'll be estimating that supplies will be back 5% for the first quarter of 2023 and another 6% for this quarter two uh, up to the end of June. So that's going to really help in terms of beef trade. When we've, when we've low supply and good demand, we always see price uh, going up. You've also got China on top of that. We, we broke the story last week in terms of Ireland getting access again to, to China. Massively positive news. And just to put it into context, uh, China, USDA uh, estimated that China with the demand for beef will rise by 675,000 tonne in 2023. And to put that into context, we export as a country about 500,000 tonne. Now, I'm not for a minute saying we'll put that amount of beef into China, but it'll it'll concentrate Brazil, it'll concentrate Argentina, it'll concentrate South America, it'll concentrate USA on their exports, shipping stuff to, to China. That that takes the pressure off the European market where South America could have been targeting some of their beef uh, for that European market. So that should hold the European market strong um, for the next couple of months. And I can see, you know, prices kick on more um, in, in the next couple of weeks. So how does that tie in with the emissions? Will this have any appreciable impact on our emissions targets? Yeah, John, I think the question is even bigger than that because I think we can, we can be really heavily concentrated on reducing our emissions. And look, we need to reduce our emissions. But if we'll say that beef that's going to China, you know, 1.4 billion consumers in China, they need to eat. Yeah, the world needs to eat. The forecasts are that beef, we'll say, demand will increase by 9% in the next 10 years. Uh, so somebody has to do that. Somebody has to feed the world. And, and, and Ireland uh, is, is shown to be one of the lowest carbon footprint beef producing countries in the world. Uh, so uh, my argument would be, why not concentrate that in a country where we can do it well? And, and Ireland can do that well. And, and if, if Ireland doesn't, well, Brazil or, or Argentina or somewhere else will. So I think it makes perfect sense um, for, for us to, to do that. Now, as regards the amount of animals which will qualify for the Chinese market, I understand there would be a large number of animals wouldn't actually qualify for the requirements of the Chinese market, their specifications. Yes, there are a number of specific requirements. One of those is a TB-free herd. So the animals that are destined for the Chinese market must have originated out of a, a herd that has been TB-clear for at least 12 months and never a BSC in its lifetime. That's not a big issue. There are other small issues around segregation on the way to the factory and in the factory. Chinese cattle have to be killed separately, uh, none too onerous on any processor in the country. But it's, it's casting an interesting, we'll say, look at, at in terms of these we broke a story a couple of weeks ago in terms of looking at TB restricted units and feedlots. One in four animals at the moment um, on a weekly basis are being slaughtered are these larger units. Those larger units won't be eligible for China. So that means maybe smaller farmer finishers um, who have been TB free for the last 12 months. That leaves them a very strong hand in terms of selling their cattle um, over the next number of weeks. Um, and some processors have indicated that that China bonus could be in the region of 15, 20 cent even. Um, so it, the ball is really at the farmer's foot uh, for the next number of weeks in terms of command and top price, especially for trying eligible cattle. In the journal on your issue Saturday 21st of January 2023, 
Ballyvedden Beef Farm, A New Dawn for Dairy Beef. You might say a few words about your very extensive article there with lots of facts and figures. Ballyvedden, Ballyvedden Beef Farm, A New Dawn for the Dairy Beef sector. Yeah, so this is a new project established by Chagas on a farm just outside Feather um, in County Tipperary. Um, and, and this is a 276-acre demonstration farm. Uh, Chagas aim to finish 300 animals, um, dairy beef animals, off this farm um, over the next 15 years. And I guess it'll be a warts and all uh, look at, at dairy beef in terms of the profit uh, or the loss associated with some of those calves coming from the dairy herd. And they're going to try and profile, I suppose, the, the, the merits of using a better beef bull on dairy cows uh, to bring them through. So it'll be really interesting to follow this. I guess early slaughter age, we've seen a lot of talk about this over the last number of weeks in terms of meeting our climate change targets. And early slaughter age will be a big part of this project in terms of trying to demonstrate to farmers the ability, for example, to finish uh, heifers at, at possibly 17 months and, and bullocks possibly at 20 months. You know, that, that's, a, that's a lot lower than the national average at the moment. So it'll be really interesting uh, to follow that and to see if it's profitable uh, to do that. Speaking to Mr Adam Woods, Beef and Sucker Editor, Irish Farmers Journal, regarding calves, have you any tips, uh, some general tips for optimising the thrive of calves in the current situation? Yeah, I guess on suckler farms, what, what, what farmers have been asking me over the last number of weeks is, is the scour vaccine. I guess some farms have had issues with scours in the past and they're asking the question, um, is it, is it, uh, does, does a scour vaccine merit use on, on a suckler farm? I'd say definitely yes. Um, some farms have had issues with cryptosporidium and the scour vaccines on the market at the moment actually don't cover against cryptosporidium, but um, sort of evidence on farms shows that if a scour vaccine is used, well, then it, calves are a lot easier to cure um, of that of that scour. And I guess it goes back to the simple things, John, like colostrum. You know, it's it's it's, it's liquid gold in terms of getting enough into that calf. You're talking, you know, two three liters within two hours of birth. Really, really important. Like there's no there's no magic bullet here. It's, it's about doing things, doing the simple things really, really well. You know, lots of bedding. Don't skimp on bedding. Um, hygiene in terms of going in and out of calf sheds and, and making sure if, 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 for example, a stomach tube is used for a sick calf that it's not used on a healthy calf and you're not transferring infection there. So, look, at it's just attention to detail, cleanliness, uh, consistency all the time. The calves are fed. If it's dairy beef calves or, or dairy calves and you're, you're, you're feeding milk replacer, it's the, the, the same temperature of milk, the same mix rate and the same time. And, and just it's, it's really about getting those simple things really, really well. And to wrap up then, speaking to Mr. Adam Woods, Beef and Suckler Editor, Irish Farmers Journal, to sum up then, again, going back to the journal, you quote a statement there from Borbia, positive beef outlook for 2023. So that's uh, very important indeed to remember the words of uh, Joe Burke, Borbia at that meeting in Nace in Kildare, the meat uh, marketing seminar held by Borbia. Absolutely. Uh, Joe would have talked on the morning, a really positive morning. I've attended that seminar for the last 10 years and I don't think I've ever been as positive um, a seminar as, as last Friday morning um, in terms of looking at you know, beef price and, and forecasting where it's going. You know, EU beef production forecast to, to decline by about 5% over the next number of years. Um, you know, EU policy has been for less, less uh, suckler cows, less beef animals. Um, and I think that will help in terms of maybe a, a beef could producing countries like ourselves who export 90% of what we produce we're very open to, to markets we've seen really really healthy growth um, during 2022 you know France um, up 42% Italy up 55% in sales so that's a really really positive and it's a real vote of confidence in Irish beef interesting as well in terms of PGI status 
um, that they expect in the next number of months to get approval on that from the EU. And also interesting to see that Italy is going to be the first country where they trial that PGI status beef to see how it sells and, and, and see how it resonates with consumers um, in Italy in terms of Irish beef. So all in all, very, very positive. And I, I don't think, uh, hopefully, um, that, that nothing will happen in the next six months to jeopardise beef price. I think 2023 is going to be a good year for beef farmers. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Adam Woods, Beef and Suckler Editor, Irish Farmers Journal. Thank you for your valuable time, Adam. Thanks a million. Thanks, John. You're very welcome. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Dr. Ewan Mullins, Principal Research Officer, Head of Crop Science Department, Chagas Oak Park in Carlow, Coordinator of the European Union Innovation Action, Valpropath. First of all, Ewan, welcome to the programme. Now, a very important event, which we've mentioned in some other farm programmes, regarding tillage. The National Tillage Conference takes place uh, next Wednesday, January the 25th, at the Lyrat Convention Centre in Kilkenny. And the theme of the event is mitigating risks that challenge future sustainable production. So we typically, well, for many years, we've had the National Tillage Conference in Kilkenny, we obviously had a, a had to go virtual due to COVID. So this is the first time we're returning since 2020 and really looking forward to it. Now, could you please mention some of the speakers and topics which will be covered, hopefully? At the Tillage Conference, what we'll have is we'll have five sessions running through the day. It kicks off at uh, start, the doors are open at nine o'clock and kicks off at half nine. And the sessions are designed to be short, easy to, to digest and understand the information. There are 45 minutes each. And within each session, there's going to be maybe two, three or four speakers, but all short presentations. And then most importantly, John, is what we have is we have uh, engagement with the audience through Slido app. And that allows us to take questions from the audience, but also to discuss the issues that are most pertinent to the people in the room. Um, in terms of the, the things that we're, we're going to be touching on, the risks that we talk about at the moment, look, we look back on 2022, it was a fantastic year for the utility sector. The tillage sector uh, is one of the, 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 in terms of climate impact, has one of the least impacts in, in terms of agriculture, in terms of greenhouse gases, and has excellent nutrient use efficiency. But we have really big challenges looking out into 2023. We have price uncertainty. But one of the biggest problems is going to be the, the loss of chemistries over time in terms of plant protection products because we still have very serious disease issues uh, in our main crops. So diseases such as barley yellow dwarf virus in barley, and septoria in wheat and ramularia in, in barley as well. All these diseases require careful control, uh, very careful management and the use of actives. So attendees will be hearing all the, the latest scientific research on that. You know, also grass weeds are a huge problem. Uh, we're very fortunate that we're not at the, the, the state that things are in certain parts of the UK in terms of black grass, but that's wholly due to the vigilance and I suppose the, the attention to detail of farmers in the sector and the sea trade, but that's a persistent problem and one that we have to stay on top of. So we'll hear the most recent research and surveillance on that as well. And then in addition to that, we also have a, an exciting session on plant protein and the potential added value of plant protein crops not only for the tillage sector, but uh, out into food industry and processing sector as well. And of course, you referred in passing there to the situation regarding um, black grass in the UK. But in the journal last week, it was reported by Siobhan Walsh, sustainability specialist, that eight cases of black grass had been discovered in seed crops in 
2022. So, black grass, a, a terrifying prospect. The tiny seeds multiply so quickly. Yeah, I mean, the, in, in that article in, in the journal, the John Mahan, the specialist advisor here in Chagas, was working on one of, the, the, one of our grass weed projects. One black grass per square metre in a field will, will lead to six million seed. It's a vociferous weed. Um, and there has to be extreme care and caution in, in regards to controlling it. Really, a zero-tolerance policy is, is required. I mean, to get a handle on, on how quickly it can spread, one plant can lead to 6 million seeds across a hectare. So basically, if you have one plant per square metre, um, that plant will uh, has the potential to, to then lead to 10 heads per square metre, and each of those heads can produce over a 1,000 seeds. So very quickly, with about 60% of viability of those seeds, you're looking at 6 million seeds per hectare. And effectively, if that's left uncontrolled, that hectare is going to come out of crops. It's going to have to go into, into grass or some other, some other serious change to the land use. So the good news is, is that with vigilance and care and attention, um, it can be controlled. And machine hygiene is really, really important um, because with the best will in the world, you know, you could be looking after your fields, you could be roguing, um, but if machinery is transferring across fields and there isn't, uh, um, there isn't uh, adequate hygiene of the machinery, you can very quickly all of a sudden have an infestation. Um, but hand roguing is, is, is one option, spot spraying is another, and then there's, there's various different other options. The good thing is that we have two very active research programs on this in terms of surveillance and monitoring. Um, and also in terms of the herbicide actions that can be used to control black grass and not just black grass, but other grass weeds. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. As well, bronze, wild oats, and, and Italian ryegrass as well. And all this will be, will be discussed at the conference next Wednesday. SUD, European Union's Sustainable Use Directive. And we know now with the world changing uh, so quickly vis-a-vis the situation of the Ukraine and the export of grain and fertilizer from Russia and from the Ukraine, we have now a situation where a lot of things are under review and the European Union might be taking a less strict attitude towards the use of certain pesticides, but glyphosate is up there very much and neonicotinides, the impact on bees, even the general public know that bees allegedly certainly would seem to be affected according to some studies. But SUD, the European Union's Sustainable Use Directive, is just possible the farmers may get a longer lead-in time to the banning or stricter vigilance over the use of some plant health products. Yeah, so so what? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was interesting just before Christmas that the the agricultural commissioner and, and other commission officials made it clear that food security trumps everything, um, and you know the UK Ukraine crisis has brought that to mind. Um, on saying that, the the commission is clear that farm to fork and the European Green Deal, the ambition is there by 2030 to achieve a 50 percent reduction in the use of 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 plant pesticides. And fungicides. Now, the challenge uh, for the tillage industry in Ireland, first of all, it's very important to say no farmer likes to spray. So, you know, it, it, it'll be welcomed if we can have reductions, but only reductions that are put in place that don't undermine the profitability of the sector. That's that's really really important. So, in response to that, what we've been doing and what we've started looking ahead out to the next ten years is developing IPM strategies that are resilient and robust for the sector for various different cropping systems because it's going to be a seismic change. Uh, at the moment, the default is you know, to, to spray to offset the diseases in our crops. We record some of the best yields in the world, but that same weather pattern drives incidents of, of fungal and virus diseases that, that will destroy a crop if the crop isn't, isn't protected. So looking ahead, it's incumbent on breeders and research institutions. We have to start delivering new varieties with resistance to these diseases and then we have to monitor these diseases for changing strains etc it's it's interesting uh, you know we are all familiar with covid and the new strains of covid crop diseases are exactly the same there are new strains appearing every year um, and it's very important that any resistance be it through genetic resistance or chemistry is monitored carefully to maintain its 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 efficacy but as part of the Tillage Conference next Wednesday, we'll touch on this as well. And, and you mentioned the, the, the SUD, the Sustainable Use Directive and the Sustainable Use Regulation. These things are, are very important initiatives that are underway. And there's a need for scoping impact assessments on these to figure out, you know, I suppose to design the roadmap, John, as to where we're going to go with all of this. Do people have to register for this uh, National Tillage Conference? Yes, we would ask that people, if you want to attend and we really hope people in, in the sector and, and people interested in tillage do come along. Um, so you can pre-register online, chagas.ie forward slash events. Just scroll down there and, and you'll see the register button. Um, you can obviously show up on the day as well uh, and pay at the door to get in. Um, but again, we would encourage people to pre-register because then you can arrive at the IRAT 
and go straight to the coffee stall and get your cup of coffee and, and go into the room and and, uh, and and have a seat and then just we'll have hopefully what will be a very enjoyable day, uh, interactive day and engaging and people when they leave they'll hopefully take many learnings away that will impact on their own business interests. The location for the event and nearest um, main motorway? The Lyraf Convention Centre just outside Kilkenny very convenient to get through it's it's just off the M9 motorway the Waterford Dublin motorway and um, so accessibility is is very straightforward it's a fabulous facility um, and we'll be kicking off there at, at nine o'clock doors open nine o'clock and we start at nine uh, nine thirty and people can register online chagas.ie forward slash events just scroll down and you'll see the title of tillage conference Follow the leads and you'll get to the registration button. Thank you very much indeed, Dr Ewan Mullins, Principal Research Officer, Head of Crop Science Department, Chagas Oak Park in Carlow, and Coordinator of the European Union Innovation Action, Valpro Path. Thank you, Ewan, very much indeed. Thanks, Bill, and good luck with your conference. Thank you very much Thanks. indeed. Thanks, John. Cheers. Appreciate Cheers. It. You're very Bye. welcome. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Calf Milk Replacer. We are joined on the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk programme by Mr. Michael Connolly, Chagas Dry Stock Advisor and Environmental Lead Advisor, Skibreen. First of all, Michael, welcome to the programme. Thank you, John. Um, I'm delighted to be on, on the Cork County Sound Farming programme this week. We have quite a few meetings coming up in County Cork, uh, my part of the county, West Cork. For a start off, we have a nitrates uh, information and cap change information meeting in uh, the Parkway Hotel in Dunmanway next Monday evening, the 23rd of January at 7.30pm. Now, this is relevant to all farmers. It will cover the new nitrates rules, uh, the the changes that are coming there, the the banding of the, the, the dairy cows for nitrates purposes, and also the changes in cap so quite an extensive uh, itinerary there on the night. And East Cork are actually running a meeting at the same time in Corran Mart in Fermoy. That's Monday the 23rd of January at 7.30 as well. And East Cork are having further meetings on that topic on Friday the 27th of January at 11am in Ballinhasic Community Centre. Tuesday the 31st of January in Drum Tariff Community Centre at 7.30pm. And again on Wednesday, the 1st of February, in the Springford Hall, Mallow, or Donnerail, some people give it that address, at 7.30. So quite a range of information meetings. Look, there's a lot of changes coming on cap and nitrates for all farmers, really, and new rules coming. So just an update and uh, very useful seminars there. So all welcome to attend. Another one then on the 24th in West Cork, the 24th, Tuesday the 24th at 7.30 in the Munster Arms, a tillage seminar. Again, looking at the, the new cap and eco schemes, the nitrates changes, local agronomy issues and spring crop choices with Tagish advisors um, Michael McCarthy and Kira O'Donovan in attendance. Now, next week as well, we have the... National Lowland Sheep Conference is on. Now, they're a long way away. Uh, on Tuesday uh, Tuesday evening, we have um, one on in Monaghan, the Hillgrove Hotel, the 24th. And on the 26th, there's one in the Brandon House Hotel in New Ross. And again, if farmers are interested in travelling, all are welcome. 
um, book in with Tagish. And important topics there will be, you know, the new organic sheep farming system. We'll have um, an organic advisor, Elaine Levy, and an organic farmer, Amy Jackson, you know, giving the perspective of the farmer and the advisor on the new organic scheme. And look at parasites and resistance, uh, greenhouse gas emissions from sheep will be looked at. And looking at things like clover swords and, and you know, methods of reducing our, our impact on, on the environment. So uh, lots, to, lots happening. Now, there will be a Hill Sheep Conference in Bantry in the West Lodge Hotel in mid-February, Wednesday the 15th of February, that's penciled in for. So the sheep farmers from West Cork Needham feel that they have to travel, you know, all the way to these. Maybe there will be one in West Cork, but that's a Hill Sheep Conference in mid-February. The sheep sector, you might outline the most important aspects of sheep we want to look at. The sheep census form is crucially important from the point of view of recording our sheep numbers with the Department of Agriculture. Uh, and that deadline is fast approaching. It is the 31st of January for paper forms and it is mid-February for the online application. So every sheep farmer that is registered with the department got a paper form before Christmas. And again, I always worry a little bit this time of the year because... It can be put away over Christmas and maybe slightly forgotten about. The census date is actually the 31st of December. That's the date on, in, on which you count all your sheep and you have to categorize them into, you know, breeding yews, um, hoggets, rams, uh, lambs and, and, and other um, younger younger sheep, and uh, you know, in the various categories. And you have to categorize the breed, whether they're lowland or upland. So that is crucially important. It's posted off there, pre-post to, to Listowel and County Kerry, and the online application can be completed by people who are up on egg food. Uh, the other thing to mention maybe is the sheep welfare scheme, just because we're crossing over into a new scheme now from the 1st of February, and people have applied for that. The deadline there was the 9th of January, the closing date extended from the 19th of December. So just to be aware of the tasks that you selected under that programme, and to be aware, too, that the calendar year now will start on the 1st of February for year one of the new scheme, and it will actually finish on the 31st of December. So it will be an 11-month year, and from then on it will run from January to December. So, for example, if a farmer selected sheep scanning as a task in the old scheme, they could have completed that up to the 31st of January 2023 in the old scheme. But once they go into the new scheme, they'll have to complete it between the 1st of February and the 31st of December 2023. They can't wait until January 24. So just to watch little things like that. And, um, you know, the sheep welfare scheme, there are some excellent uh, tasks uh, included, which are very good technical tasks for farmers to complete, um, such as mineral supplementation of yews post-mating and mineral supplementation of lambs pre-weaning. Uh, dagging of sheep, foot foot care, and uh, fecal leg testing to determine worm burdens. You know, we know that resistance is a big problem to to, to worm drenches in sheep, and uh, the only way to check to see have you a problem really is to take dung samples. And the other thing I would say in general about the sheep and the beef is this is the time of the year now we're looking as advisors for our farmers to complete profit monitors you know, a profit monitor for the year 2022, especially with the escalation in, in you know, input prices, feed, fertilizer, diesel have really grown exponentially in the last year, year and a half. So it's more important than ever to have a handle on 
you know, what level of expenses you have in the enterprise and how how is the profitability looking? Are we eating into that basic payment and those direct payments from the department? Or are we actually making um, a profit on the ground, you know? A crucial thing for beef farmers and suckler farmers in particular is that they get their board BIA membership sorted out because if they want to apply for the new BBS and BDGP breeding schemes as they will be amalgamated into one in March, it is compulsory that they have board BIA approved membership. And this would involve contacting board BIA with the herd number, getting the information pack out and getting the audit done and getting approval by early March. So you would want to be getting going on that now at this stage. The suckler scheme there could be heading up for €200 per suckler cow. The sheep welfare scheme is €12 per ewe. doesn't sound a lot, but look, it adds up. And it's maybe for something you're getting paid for something that you're doing anyway. Most farmers are scanning and they're feeding minerals and doing the other tasks. So it's just to be aware of these deadlines and to keep in touch with your friendly Tagish advisor uh, to, to, to watch out for those that you don't miss out on any, on any deadlines. If you are doing something part of good animal husbandry, part of good uh, farming, well then why not get paid for it? But your Chagask advisor will help you in sorting out what you might find a bit of a logjam in some respects. I don't know how many times over the years, you know, we came across situations where a farmer just maybe after filling a farm in the office with the advisor or whatever, just maybe forgot to post it, a simple thing. And it's important to note that it's no longer satisfactory to post and get a receipt of postage even. You must register the letter. If you're not going online, any, any application you send to the department has to be registered and you keep that registered postal receipt. And that's the only comeback if there was ever a problem with the department receiving your application. If you can produce that with a photocopy of the form you sent in, that is sufficient proof, but that's the only acceptable postal proof. So we, we just need to be careful um, about that, about meeting deadlines and uh, keeping copies of, of what was submitted. But the online system, that's virtually foolproof. It is, John, you're quite correct. And also, you know, registering a letter costs quite a lot now. I think it's maybe €78 Euro to register any kind of a letter. So it's an expensive process if you're registering and posting away all your applications during the year. So we find more and more farmers are going online and they have their own export logins. We have access to certain logins as advisors. And look, your friendly advisor will talk you through the process and the department are quite helpful in getting people set up online as well. And it's nearly... It's nearly essential at this stage for all farmers to be to be online. Keeping in touch with modern technology, but in conjunction with the Beef Profit Monitor, we might look at Board B and membership and, of course, the looming nitrates uh, situation and to what extent derogation might still apply. So we'll take them in order of the Beef Profit Monitor. First of all, a reminder, Michael. It's not satisfactory to be in a situation in any business where you don't know you know, whether you're making a profit or how much you're making or whether you're actually making a loss. So it, it is, I think most farmers would be doing this to some extent. It, it only involves really gathering up a few receipts there for fertilizer and feed and we'll say input cost diesel, the vet, uh, liming, uh, any capital investments then like fencing or, or construction of, of sheds or tanks. And uh, accurate livestock numbers, you know, most people are, are, are registered there with ICBF, so you can get 
your opening stocks there in January and your closing stocks in December. And if there's an inventory change, that's reflected in the profit monitor as well. But again, most of our farmers that are in discussion groups, uh, let it be beef, sheep or dairy or tillage or whatever, are completing those year on year. And within the group, it's very useful to compare, you know, uh, performance. People can keep it confidential or they can go public, whatever the group wants to do. And there's a benchmark there maybe with the group of people that are doing a little bit better and maybe they can give pointers to farmers that aren't doing as well as them, how costs can be reduced. And, um, you know, it's it's something that if we're not measuring our profit, we, we're really in the dark. And um, we can see year on year then how, maybe how improvements can be made. And especially, as I say, with the escalating um, input prices at the moment, it's becoming more and more more and more relevant. The nitrate element, could you mention something about that and how it could well, affect farmers? Yes, John, I suppose, you know, we'd be very concerned in West Cork. We have six to 700 taggers clients who are in derogation, which means they have permission to, to farm at a higher stocking rate of a whole, over 170 kilograms of chemical nitrogen per hectare, uh, up to 250. But that 250 is possibly reducing now to 220. So like any derogation, you know, if you get a derogation, the meaning of the word is you're being given a temporary break or a temporary reprieve from the law of the land. So anything that is like that is always subject to review and maybe um, reduction or change of term or exclusion. Ultimately, if, if, if water quality declines in a continuous trend, and unfortunately, water quality hasn't been improving over the last uh, number of years, um, the, the, the pressure may come on um, from Europe and from our own government to, you know, to reduce and to, to, to reduce the allowances and to, to, to make it um, uh, stricter. For example, now there are any farmer that's over 150 kilograms of chemical nitrogen per hectare, while they're not in derogation, they have to spread all their slurry with low emission slurry spreading. And any farmer that's over 130 kilograms of chemical nitrogen this year in 23 will have to take soil tests to be allowed to spread any chemical phosphate. If they don't have cotton soil tests to, to show a phosphate allowance, they cannot purchase and spread chemical phosphate at all. So, you know, the, the, the rules are tightening up year on year, and that will gradually come down to 100 kilograms of the organic nitrogen on, on the stocking rate. And that's where the banding comes in. You know, the, the, the dairy cows are going to be banded now between 80 and 106 and 92 kilograms the suckler cow is 65 kilograms so uh, farmers dairy farmers i suppose are, are advised to get the banding sorted out because if you don't determine which band you're on you will be assumed to be on the the highest one and your your, your dairy cow will be given that high um organic nitrogen figure and you'll you'll, you'll have a, a lower stocking rate so again these meetings that's why they're so important this meeting next Monday night in, in, in the Parkway and Dunmanway at 7.30 will cover all that and, and you know, go through the implications on stocking rate and uh, the way forward for, for farmers at, at, at various levels of stocking rate. And it, it, it concerns a wide spectrum of farmers now at this stage, apart from the derogation farmers, 
as well. More and more of them are going to come into this nitrate net. We might find, in fact, the environment will benefit in a kind of a backhanded way from the high cost of fertiliser, artificial fertiliser. Yes, indeed, John. And, you know, there's never an ill wind that doesn't blow some good in the old thing. And exactly as you say there, the, the high price of fertiliser has focused attention as well on using, you know, getting better use from slurry in particular. On, on one's own farm and also the prospect of importing slurry from highly stocked farms and from piggeries onto lower, lower stocked farms. There's a lot of that starting to happen now and uh, that that is all good. Also using things like clover and multi-species swords that, you know, growing things like chicory and plantain and reseed mixtures as, as, a, as opposed to perennial ryegrass, which will require a lot less chemical nitrogen to grow. So, you know, there's more and more of a focus coming on that side of the house and the whole emission side, how we can farm in a more environmentally friendly way. And, you know, farmers are great to adapt. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Michael Connolly, Chagask Dry Stock Advisor and Environmental Lead Advisor in Skibbereen in the best of the county. Thank you, Michael, very much indeed. Thanks a million, Michael. You're very welcome, John. Thank you. And that's Farm Talk for now. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to Barry O'Mahony, 96.3 FM News Editor, and Barry Tuig, News Reporter, 96.3 FM News, and Barry Tuig, also creator of the Farm Talk podcasts, and to Laura Woods, Mockrana Firma, Carberry Region Radio Officer and Reporter. A very special thank you to you, of course, the most important person, the listener. Thanks for tuning in. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Calf Milk Replacer. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.